Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
just the sun, but purer and higher and greater will be how wonder our victory when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to do the, this next one. It's going to be Good, Good Father. I'll give you guys a break, but sing it out with us if you know it. Oh, 
think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 you're a good good father it's who you Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll change. trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me for the dear lamb of god left his glory above to bear it to dark To the old rugged cross, I will ever be true. Its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever.
Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. I've been your pastor for nine years, and we've always had children that just blow your socks off with talent. And uh, praise the Lord, they just continue to come. Up. Something about Brinesburg, we produce a lot of talent, I tell you. But uh, maybe I'm partial, I don't know. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this morning, we're going to be looking at verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll be looking at verse 58. So turn there in your Bibles. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning, and we are so very thankful for yet another opportunity to open up your word and to study from it and to have you teach us. And so, Lord, this morning, I just pray that you would enlighten us. Lord, whether it be my friends who may be here to lost today, enlighten them to the need for salvation, that they are currently under your wrath and they are separated from you, but for our brothers and sisters in Christ, just what a blessed hope it is, this hope that we have in Christ. And so, Lord, I just pray that um, each and every one of us would leave this place this morning knowing that we've been with you, and Lord, that you've spoken to our hearts. I'm a very weak vessel, Lord, hiding behind the cross, that only you would be seen, that only you will be heard. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We have been here in 1 Corinthians for quite some time. And if you've learned anything, you've learned that the church at Corinth was a church that had its problems, and lots of them. There were divisions in the church. We see that sin was being openly tolerated. False doctrine abounded, and strange and fleshly practices, it seems, were dominating their worship. And Paul wrote this letter in order to address those problems and to bring the Corinthian believers back into line with orthodox faith and practice. This chapter before us uh, that we've been in for a few weeks now is an example of what I'm talking about. We find back in verse 12 that there were some in the Corinthian church that denied the resurrection. And Paul spends the remainder of this great chapter uh, of chapter 15 declaring the awesome doctrine of the resurrection and laying a solid foundation for our hope as believers. And so nowhere else in the Bible can we find such a clear and complete statement concerning the death and the resurrection of the believer and our future hope in Jesus Christ. And so Paul concludes his thoughts here with verse 58. And this verse touches on the hope that we enjoy as children of God, and, and, and what that hope accomplishes in each and every one of our lives. This verse can help us to dedicate ourselves to walking before the Lord in absolute hope. And so this morning, we are going to focus on our hope in Christ. And so looking around at the world today, we might conclude that there is not much room for hope. We have wars, crime, sin, depravity, and the rest of the horrors of this modern life. And it could all leave us feeling as if there is no hope for the future. 
this lack of hope can stifle our desire then to serve the Lord. It can cause us to come to the place of saying, well, when you look around, what's the use? What's the use of even trying? Well, from this verse, I want to show you that we have a reason to walk as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ in absolute hope. And so if you will, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Just looking at verse 58 of chapter 15 this morning. Paul says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You may be seated. One of the first things that we see Paul speaking to us about is the fact that the people of hope, that's who he's speaking to. The people of hope. Now, who are these people who possess this great hope? Paul calls them my beloved brethren. He was referring to the children of God. Not just the Corinthian believers, but every saint who has accepted Jesus Christ by faith throughout all of history. He's talking about you and he's talking about me. We are those people of hope. And he says some special things about us. He says, they are a people delivered by grace. Now, verses 1 and 10 reveal that, that fact of, uh, of conversion experience. And so they were a people saved out of the deadness. They were a people saved out of the depravity and death of their sins by the amazing grace of God. They have been brought into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and so the very first thing that I can ask anybody here this morning, whether you be in the balcony or whether you be uh, sitting here in the pews downstairs or, or watching on television or Facebook, the first question that you have to ask yourself is, have you been delivered from your sins? Have you entered into a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the answer to that question is the most important answer that you will ever have to give in all of life. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord? Does he know you as his child? Have you been delivered? And if the answer to that question is yes, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then let me tell you something this morning. It's the best news that you're going to hear all day. You have hope. You have abounding hope. Because you have a relationship with the King of kings, with the Lord of lords, with the, the one who created heaven and earth with his words. He loves you so much that he died for you on the cross of Calvary. You have hope this morning. But also, they are a people destined for glory. As you read this chapter, you come to understand that God has some big things waiting for us, his people. Whether we leave here by means of death or whether we leave here by means of the rapture, we are a people possessing a powerful hope of a bright and a better future. Do you have that hope this morning? Do you have the hope that only comes in relationship to Christ? I'm sure glad that I do. I'm sure that I'm glad that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that I don't wonder about that, that I don't just have a, a wishful hope of that. I know that I have a relationship with Christ, and because of that, I have this blessed hope. 
And so, Brinesburg, things may look bad. And I know some of you are going through the darkest days of your life right now. I know that as your pastor. And it may look very difficult to take the next step down that road. But our prospects for the future are out of this world, literally. It is glory. It's an eternity with the one who loves us and calls us his own. This is not our home. There are better days ahead. But secondly, I want you to see the power of hope. The word, therefore, my professors in seminary, and I've told you this many, many times, and so you should have it memorized by now. My professors in college, always, in, in seminary, always told me, when you see in Scripture the word therefore, you have to go back and you have to ask yourself, what's it there for? Well, the therefore here draws our minds back to all that Paul has said in these verses. And he's telling us that the hope we possess is a motivator to spiritual action for God's glory. And so being saved, being sure and secure, does not mean that we just sit back and we rest and we wait for death or the rapture to come. And we say, well, I've got my ticket to heaven, and so I'm good now. And so I don't really care what, what, what else has happened around about me. I'm saved, and I'm good. My, my four are good, you know, is, you know, oftentimes the way we look at it. And so I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just going to sit back, and I'm going to relax in my pew, and I'll come on Sunday mornings and maybe Sunday nights. But you know what? I'm not going to do much more for the Lord. Being saved means that we get to work for the glory of God. We don't get to work in hopes of earning our salvation, we get to work because we are saved and we serve a living God. And so we get to work because we know that He is worthy. Knowing the truth about God and salvation is a powerful motivator for, for service in the life of a believer. You see, belief always affects behavior. Belief always affects behavior. We see that in our culture today. We see that in the crazy belief systems of people that have been elected to, to the highest places of power in our country. That what you believe matters because it affects the way that you act. Believing the right things about Jesus and about the future will cause us to get busy for his glory. And so hope causes us to be stable. And that's the first thing I want you to see here. Hope causes us to be stable. The word steadfast means to be seated, settled, and firmly situated. And it reminds us that we are to be rooted and grounded in what we believe and hold true. We are to be steadfastly and firmly planted in our personal convictions. And so the bottom line is this. If we have no hope, if we have really no hope to speak of, then we might waver in our faith and wander off after the things of this world. Because why not? Because there's nothing better coming. Why wouldn't we? If this life doesn't matter, if there are no eternal ramifications of the actions in this life, then it becomes easier to just stray away and do whatever is right in the mind of, of whoever it may be. When our hope is real, though, when our hope is real, it causes us to be stable in our faith and in our walk. And so you have to ask the question, Brinesburg, why do I believe what I believe? Because for some of us, it's very easy for us to go off and do whatever we want Monday through Saturday because our faith is not really all that real to us. It's the faith of our pastor. That's not good enough. 
It's the faith of mom and dad. That's not good enough. It's the faith of of our grandparents. That's not good enough. It's the faith of a good friend. That's not good enough. You have to come to the place of understanding why you believe what you believe. You have to know for yourself. It has to have some grounding in your own heart and in your own soul. Why do you believe what you believe? If this is not real to you, then you will not live it out on a daily basis. But also, hope counsels us to be stubborn. Don't you love that? I like being stubborn. Don't you? Hope counsels us to be stubborn. In fact, he tells us to be. That word unmovable means not move from a place firmly, persistent, motionless. There are many times that my parents told me throughout my life that I am stubborn and that is not a good thing. That I was stubborn on some things that maybe I shouldn't have been stubborn on. But listen, stubbornness in this issue, stubbornness in the Lord's work, a good dose of bullheadedness is perfectly in order here. We must not allow ourselves to be moved by any wind of doctrine, by whatever culture says. We must allow nothing to move us from our determination to serve the Lord, and to serve him faithfully. But then also hope, hope challenges us to be strong. That word abounding, I love that word. The word abounding has the idea of exceeding a fixed amount, overflowing, exceeding, abounding. And so when we consider what we have and who we are by grace, we will be motivated to go all out for the Lord. He lavished, that's the word that's used, he lavished his grace on us when he saved us. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. The least that we can do is to go overboard in our service for him. And so we must always serve him with a passion. If you're going to err, let us err on the side of doing too much for the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to err, let us err on the side of going too far for him, of being too on fire for him, of people accusing us of being fanatical in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, that you would call me fanatical about Jesus. That is the greatest compliment that anybody could give you is for them to say, oh, you're one of those fanatical Christians. You really take it serious, don't you? You better believe I do. Because this is not just something I do on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, although some of you think that that may be the case. There's more that goes into it than that. And not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a born-again, blood-bought believer, and there's more that goes into this because I am His. I'm His. And so every single day, I live for Him. And I hope that you see me being fanatical for Him. And it's impossible to go too far for Jesus. But the least we can do is to give everything we have to his glory when we consider what he has done for us. Everything we have, time, money, energy, talents, gifts, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, should be invested in nothing but Jesus Christ. If you're doing something and it doesn't have Jesus connected to it, question why you're doing it. Question why you're doing it. Because it should be all for him. Our prayers and our praises and our thanksgiving should be given hands and feet and everything that we have at the feet of the Redeemer because he is worthy. Consider some of those who took this serious. Consider some of those who have been definitely considered to be fanatical in their faith. They are the ones that are referred to as abounders. Some of the abounders in church history, abounders like Billy Graham, 
because of his fanatical faith. Millions, millions of men and women, boys and girls, have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and served him. I wonder how many countless preachers and missionaries and Sunday school teachers and disciples have come from the ministry of Billy Graham because he was fanatical and he wouldn't back down and he believed what he believed for a reason. Even when people questioned him, he went back to the Bible and he was a bounder. A bounder is like Jim Elliott. You may not recognize that name as readily. Some of you do. But Jim Elliott was a radical missionary. He was a missionary to unreached people group in Ecuador. And him and a group of other missionaries had gone, <coughs> excuse me, and they had determined that they were going to reach this people group who had never heard the name of Jesus. And as they went about it, they, they, they worked and worked and worked to, to build what they thought was a relationship with these people. And when they finally went in to make actual contact with them, they were speared to death and killed. But through their work and then through the work of of, of Elliot's wife going back to them and sharing the gospel with them, even though they had killed her husband. They now confess Christ as Lord and Savior. And they are now trying to reach the other people around them in the jungles because he was an abounder, because he wouldn't back down. Epaphroditus in Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 through 30, it says, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you, Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants, for he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick, for indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him there. For in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in, uh, in reputation because of the work of Christ. He was nigh to death, but regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. And even this morning, in this very congregation, there are some abounders. There are some of you that give absolutely everything you have for Jesus. You go above and you go beyond and maybe some people question you. Maybe even some people in your family question you of why are you so fanatical about your faith? Because it matters. Because what we believe matters. Because the one that we believe in matters. And so we do it. What is this work of the Lord that is spoken of though? Well, James says in James 2, 14 through 20, What doth it profit, my brethren, Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, have, can, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily bread, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And then Paul says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. 
And we also see some examples of his work. In Acts 1, 8, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We shall be his witnesses. We see in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, For ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We're to shine the gospel into the dark places of our culture. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We are to love those people around us. Who is our neighbor? Whoever the Lord sends into our life. We are to love them with a self-sacrificing love. In Galatians 6, 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We are to bear up one another's burdens. We are to be there for, for those who are hurting. Those are the works that he's talking about. And if we go to him, we will not fail to accomplish all that he desires from us, if we will do it in the Spirit of the Lord. And by the way, that phrase, be ye, is in the imperative mood here. And so it's a signal of a command. We have no choice in the matter. We have been commanded to this work. If we want to be the people of God redeemed, then we must walk in hope, letting the light of Christ shine brightly for the lost world to see. We have been commanded. This is not an option of, oh, well, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm really that kind of Christian who, who feels comfortable going and sharing their faith. It's a command that we do it, that we be about his work. In fact, Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. God saved us to do something, not just to sit on our blessed assurance, but to do something for his glory. And so let's get about it. Let's get about, get about doing what he has called us to do. But then thirdly, we see the promise of hope. If this life is all there is, if there is no hope for eternity, if there is no rapture, if there is no possibility of the resurrection, if all we have to look forward to is the grave, then we would have reason to despair. We would have reason for hopelessness. And that's exactly what Paul says in verses 13 through 19. But Paul sounds out that blessed truth that there is a resurrection, that there is, that Jesus Christ did rise from the grave, that there is hope for those who have their faith in Christ. And notice what this hope promises to the people of the Lord, who he is speaking of as us this morning. First, our hope gives us confidence. Paul tells us that we know that our work for Jesus matters, that we know it. There is no sacrifice, there is no struggle, there is no self-denial, there is no valley, there is no work that goes unnoticed, and none will fail to pay eternal benefits. And so he says, keep on praying and keep on serving and keep on living for Jesus, because what you do for him, what you do in his name, is not done in vain. He sees it all, he knows it all, and one day he will reward it all. He's watching and if you're doing it all for his honor and for his glory, then you can be assured one day you will benefit from that because he sees all that is done for his glory. And that should give us the confidence to continue serving him regardless of what life brings our way. But also our hope gives us consolation. 
Our hope gives us consolation. Sometimes the road we walk is hard. Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes the burdens that we bear are heavy. And sometimes the work we are called to do seems endless and unrewarding. The word used to describe it here is that word labor. The word means intense labor united with trouble and toil. It has the idea of work that results in pain and in agony. And sometimes our walk with the Lord is just like that. It's painful, even to the place of agony. Some of the things that we go through in this life. There are times when we may feel unappreciated and that we're carrying on a thankless task. In those times, walk in confidence because the Lord is watching And when he comes, he will reward you. He will say thank you. In fact, I'm looking forward to the day when I get to heaven and I pray to hear those blessed words, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Brownsburg, I don't know about you, but I long for that day. I long to, hear, to live a life that is able to hear those words. Well done. Well done. You were faithful over that which I gave you. You were faithful with your family and you were faithful in your ministry. You were faithful in your walk. And I pray that all of us have that testimony. That you're being faithful in the task that the Lord has laid before you. That you're doing what he's called you to do. Because one day you want to hear those words. We're blessed this morning. We're blessed that our church here at Brinesburg is not plagued with many of the issues that the church at Corinth was plagued with. We are not dealing with some of the same sins that they had to deal with. And I'm not aware of, of anyone here who is teaching false doctrine. Praise the Lord. That's not something we have to deal with. However, I'm almost sure, though, this morning, I'm almost sure that we have some folks here who may be on the very brink of losing hope and of entering into that place of hopelessness. I'm also sure that others could exercise the power of their hope and do more for Jesus. And so as we come to the beginning of a year, where the Lord is going to give us many opportunities. Even in just the coming months, but I know we have mission trips coming up. We have so much going on. And as this year begins, will we do it all for His honor and for His glory? And so the question is, are you a person of hope? Are you living your life out in the reality of being a person of hope? Are you walking the power of hope, doing all that you can to serve the Lord who saved you? Are you resting in the promise of your hope, knowing that one day Jesus will bless you for the things that you are doing for his namesake? If he's spoken to you about something this morning, maybe he's spoken to you about the fact that you aren't saved. Maybe he's spoken to your heart and he said, you know what, you have a, you have a very faithful mom and dad, or maybe you have a very faithful grandmother or grandfather. Maybe you have a very faithful group of friends, but you Do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe he's made that clear to you this morning. There is no reason for you to sit in your pew unmoved. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, you need to make a decision, and you need to make a decision today. And you need to accept Christ as Savior and as Lord. If that's you, you need the hope that comes in Christ. 
Come this morning, confess your sin, and cry out to him for salvation. And he says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that means you. It means you. Personally. If you will call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. It's you. Do you need to come this morning? Or maybe this morning you are one who is about to lose hope. And you just need to come and you need to say, God, help me to come, come back to that place of just falling upon you. Lord, I know life is hard, but help me, help me not to lose sight that you're there and you're going to bring me through. Maybe you need to pray for somebody else that you love who's in that same place. They're teetering. And they just need somebody to be a prayer warrior from them this morning. What's the Lord calling you to? Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. I know there's some decisions that need to be made in the coming moments. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to hearts. Lord, if I have some friends here today that do not yet know you as Savior and as Lord, if they've never come to the place of of crying out to you for salvation, Lord, I pray that today would be a day of salvation. I don't care if they're young. I don't care if they're old. Help them to come. Lord, some need to make this their church home. They need to come and say, Brother Brad, help us just know what we need to do to unite here because we want to get, get about the work that God's called us to because we have hope and we want to get busy doing what God's called us to do. Maybe some of us just need to come to this altar and for a number of different reasons, but we just need to come and spend some time with you. Lord, have your will and your way in the moments ahead and we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise for it. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening and may God bless you and your family.